0: Hello, this is Danny Carroll. Welcome to the Family Leader uh, Capital Connection podcast. Um, I'm used to listening to podcasts, but I'm not used to doing them. So uh, having listened to a number of podcasts, and I thought, you know what? I could do that. In fact, I might even be able to do it better. I know you don't want to hear my my grandchildren. Uh, You don't want to hear my silly dad jokes or what grandpas think. But you probably would like to know what's going on at the state capitol. And so that's what we're going to do. Around the table with me today is Ryan Benn, our director of policy, uh, Becca Olson. Uh, Becca, I always can't figure out what your title is. Who are title's
1: you? My title is technically government, relations, government coordinator, relations coordinator, I think, whatever yes. that means.
0: Yes. <laughs> Uh, Becca is uh, going to talk to us in a little bit about the Moms Act mm-hmm. and what's happening with our efforts to uh, have more options for maternal support, right? And yeah, this certainly. year, maybe a little bit to do with father support. Yeah. And then we're also joined today by Drew Zahn, uh, Director of Communications here at the Family Leader. And he's going to kind of help us get started with Senate File 538, Drew. We know it as the Help Not Harm bill. Uh, Senate File 538 is on its way to the governor's desk. Is that right? That's correct. It's passed both the House and the
2: Senate, but not without a ruckus. You guys want (laughs) to talk a little bit about the uh, controversy that's
0: gone down up at the Capitol? Well, uh, last week was a, a, quite a busy week, uh, as most legislative weeks are. We I think we say that every week, don't we? Uh, but with only 16 weeks and uh, really very few days, uh, they usually are packed with some kind of excitement. On Wednesday, the Capitol was filled with, um, uh, I don't know, I guess you would call them protesters, demonstrators. Uh, they uh, represented themselves as the LGBT. Q plus. They, they bust them crowd, in from all over. Uh, bust in crowd. from all over. It was loud and mm-hmm. raucous and uh, in some cases uh, quite disturbing. Uh, one of those being uh, a lot of uh, feel-good, I would call it, uh, comment about uh, gender-affirming care, as it's called, um, uh, gender reassignment, health care, Uh, It's always interesting to me how some of the most uh, disturbing procedures can be uh, addressed up in comfortable language. Um, The legislature didn't buy it, frankly, and they passed uh, Senate File 538, Help Not Harm, and uh, we look forward to that bill being signed by the governor. Uh, We'll let Ryan and Drew talk a little bit about what the bill does.
3: Yeah, so the bill... Uh, It's a really good bill. It protects kids. It it says that if you're under 18, you can't have uh, certain procedures uh, like hormones or surgeries done Mm -hmm. in order to change your gender. Um, A lot of these procedures that are done at pretty young ages these days have some long-term, very negative effects. Uh, These kids can grow up and not have kids of their own. Uh, They can grow up and uh, very much regret it. I think uh, Chloe Cole, I think's the name out of California right now that's been in the news a lot. She's 18, and she had uh, a mastectomy done, and you know just a few years, a few years later, it, you know it's had horrible impact on her life, and she's actually suing the doctors who did it. So, and, and she's not alone. There's a lot a lot of people that uh, grew up and definitely. Regret the severe changes they made to their body, and so it's protecting kids at young ages. You know they can't even get a, a tattoo when you're, when you're seventeen. You should, <laughs> you shouldn't be able to mutilate your body. It it, it can be
0: said, can't it, Ryan, that, that even a lot of folks who maybe twenty years ago were arguing for uh, uh, quote gay rights I never thought it would go this far. Drew, what are what are your thoughts on this bill?
2: You're right, Danny, to point out that there has been so much rhetoric and there is so many signs that are being waved and they're not just being waved up at the Capitol. They're being waved in the media. When you listen to uh, reporters talk about the issue, you listen to the language that they use. You know, uh, you use the phrase gender transition and they use gender affirming. Sounds so much nicer. Mm -hmm. But what we really need to do is honestly boil this down. Uh, and when we boil it down, it really boils down to this. You know, all Iowans agree that children who are suffering from gender dysphoria deserve compassion and care. But it is not compassion and it is not health care to sterilize, castrate, and mutilate children. That's it. Boiled down, you know, when we take
0: the these, the light, these are, these are irreversible. You can't. You can never. They can't grow up to be eighteen, nineteen, or twenty, and say put it back. Exactly. Uh,
2: this this is permanent, um, and in any other context, would be considered horrifically abusive. Uh, and children can't make that decision for themselves. Uh, I know that people want to. Turn to doctors and doctor associations, but there is a tremendous amount of political, social, and ideological pressure on these associations, even financial pressure from a billion dollar gender transition uh, pharmaceutical medical industry to push this idea that you can become male if you're female or become female if you're male. And the reality is, even after all of these drugs and all of these surgeries, You cannot change the very DNA of your body to make that transition. And these adults then, after so many years, these children who have these surgeries and hormones done on them, when they become adults, they are not fully experiencing what it is to be male, but now you have literally scarred them. They can no longer fully
0: experience what it is to be female either. And, and Becca, we, you were, I think, there for the debate. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I was as well. We were on opposite sides of the chamber. Am I correctly remembering uh, um, uh, the floor manager it was uh, Steve Holt? Correct. Is that right? Correct. Didn't yep. he say that of of young children who... Express some kind of, I'll call it gender confusion, 85% after puberty, going on into young adulthood, easily conform, if you will, to their biological sex at birth.
1: Correct. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. And so of those children who are, Drew, as you said, permanently scarred by surgeries or drugs, both of which can be Pretty devastating, especially pre-pubescent. Is that the right word? Pubescent. I don't know if I'm <laughs> Is it pubescent? pubescent. Yeah, there pubescent. We go. Pubescent. <laughs> pubescent. Forgive me. <laughs> I'm I'm learning a new vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> but at all, I don't I don't mean to make light of it, but um, of those eighty-five percent, if you make those permanent changes, then if they do post-puberty, young young adults decide or feel like returning to that, it's by then it's too late, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the legislature saw that, saw through that. All of the all of the loud protests on Wednesday, uh, nonetheless, they stayed the course. They passed the bill. It was bipartisan opposition. There, uh, to be sure, there were some Republicans who not only voted um, no, but to allow this practice to continue. <clears throat> excuse me, but uh, stood up during debate. And gave reasons why. Yeah. You remember one that, of, Ryan. One of
3: them in particular said that uh, because of parents' rights, they yeah. uh, that they should be able to have these procedures. I found it humorous that he voted against uh, school choice earlier this year, but <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that was his talking point for this. Well,
2: this I game. just want to point out one of the biggest arguments, the most gut-wrenching arguments out there is the issue of uh, suicide rates among mm-hmm. children yeah. who, who are dealing with gender uh, transfer. And we take that seriously. Yeah, absolutely. We have to. But then when we look at the science and the statistics on it, mm-hmm. whether these children receive these treatments or not, 10 years down the road, even if they receive them, the uh, suicide rates are still astronomical. Gender dysphoria is, is, is something that it's deeply difficult to deal with. That's why these kids need compassion and care. But whether you perform a mutilating surgery or not, their, uh, rates of, um, Suicide, their rates of depression and anxiety and, and so many different issues and then drug use and substance abuse, they're astronomical either way. So it is not, they, these children need compassion and care, but it is not compassionate to castrate, sterilize and mutilate them and then ask them to overcome these issues.
0: Drew, I haven't seen the article myself, but was there a recent poll that uh, suggested Iowans agree with the conclusion the legislature came to last week indeed that was released i think uh, either
2: sunday or or monday um the uh the uh, des moines register Mm -hmm. ran a poll on this issue and found that the majority of iowans uh adults uh understand that these bills are being put in place to protect
0: children good thank you listen we need to keep moving on i think podcasts are supposed to be more brief than long. Is that right?
1: (laughs) We try. We try.
0: More brief than lawyer brief. (laughs) uh, Ryan, uh, I'd like for you to maybe uh, run through a couple of other bills. Uh, We're we're in this in-between time at the Capitol, between first funnel and second funnel. And just for our listeners that may not know what we mean when we use that term rather quickly, First funnel was the first Friday of the month of March this year, just so happens the way the calendar worked. Bills had to be out of a committee in the House where they originated. So a House file had to be out of House committee, a Senate file had to be out of Senate committee. Now we're headed towards the end of March, 30th or 31st, whatever that last Friday is. House files have to be out of Senate committee, and then Senate files have to be out of House committee. That's... uh, they they go back and forth, uh, as you'll recall from eighth grade civics, for a bill to become law, it has to pass both chambers and be signed by the governor. So we're in that mid middle part, and Marianne is going to review some of the bills that have cleared that first funnel, or have passed uh, on floor debate, and are now moving through the process. Uh, bills that the family leader is. Is working on well, Ryan. You want to talk about uh, what is that House File three forty eight,
3: maybe, or where do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you'll notice a theme here with all these bills we're talking about. It's all about protecting kids right. um, from a lot of this, you know, gender identity and sexual orientation stuff early on. Um, as Drew mentioned, you know, kids that go down this path of transgenderism. Um, it's very dangerous. <laughs> it's they're, they're much at greater risk for suicide. Um, so in my mind, it makes sense to maybe help them not go down that path. And I think House File 348 is a step in that direction because it, uh, it bans the teaching and promotion of gender identity and sexual orientation in uh, kindergarten through sixth grade. So young kids, we'd like to see that up to 12th grade. But, you know, that, that's a really good start. Uh, that, that passed the House chamber this week. Um uh, this, and again, that that's a bill that, that poll showed the majority
2: of Iowans understand that's common sense. Uh, that That's what we need to be doing. Um, and so that's that's got uh, uh, majority support as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's looking good. And there's actually kind of a version of the Senate to the governor's bill in the Senate, which hasn't passed yet, but it's looking like it will. Um, it touches on the same issue. It, it bans gender identity and, uh, quote, sexual activity in K through six. So slight difference there. Um, but... That, that's looking like an issue that we should be able to get a bill passed uh, this session. So that's really good news. Good. And um, then uh, another one as we move along here, House File
0: 597. Many of our listeners might, might be surprised that there's a serious debate as to whether or not porn is in a school library.
1: Think, yeah. Think, just, I, I'm
0: sorry. i got to put on my grandpa hat for a
3: moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a grandpa, and I also think it's shocking. By, I'm thinking... <laughs> I, I why is there why, is there why is there a question? You mean there's a question? I don't. I don't
0: understand. We have understand to it. we have to wonder. Yeah. So one would think that the last place you would find anything that even approaches the definition of pornography would be a school library. But okay, I'm done now, Ryan. Yeah. You can go ahead. <laughs> I'm with you, now I feel I feel a little bit
2: better. <laughs> the other side says, you know, you can't ban books. True. You know, you don't want to ban books. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah well, okay then. Mm-hmm. But Brian, please go well, ahead. I think, I, think,
3: I think there are some books you shouldn't ban. Let me tell you about it. Are
0: well, you throwing a line out there trying to get me to bite, Drew? Is that what you are? Well, well, Chuck's
3: not here,
2: so he's got to be the well, one. To throw this out is what line. people are reading about on Facebook, though. You know, when these issues get brought up publicly,
0: it gets spun all the time. You know, what, the you know what? You know what, Mister Zone, we do ban books. Just tried finding a Bible in a school classroom. Uh, these days. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I, I, I digress. digress.
3: I can assure you this, Go ahead, this bill that we're, we're looking at and they're trying to pass, it will allow books to be in the library. So books will not be banned. It's just bad things in books <laughs> will be banned. Um, so books already have to be age appropriate according to the law. This bill would uh, modify the definition of age appropriate to exclude thing, things that depict or describe sex acts. Um, so anything that shows a picture of sexual act uh, would not be allowed to be in the school library which is an, actually an improvement on the current law so that that passed the house um, this week and moves over to the senate um, and the I don't know how much time we got here, but um, we're I we're out of time. But, okay, uh, we're out who, of time. I'll, I'll, I'm going to leave that for later. <laughs> 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 All right.
0: uh, but maybe one more. One. We're more. only out of time when they click the the pause button on the podcast
3: and you're right. listening to us. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> so we should probably talk about to the bathroom bill um, once oh, again. Oh again. yes, here we go. Grandpa Carol here.
0: You mean there's a question here too? Yes. Yes, there
3: is. Silly me. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a bill that would require schools to assign in bathrooms based on biological sex on the birth certificate, again protecting uh you know i I don't understand why sp- like you just like you, but you know, high school girls need to be protected from high school boys being in the bathroom. You know, this bill would do that. Um that bill passed the Senate this week and to move us over to the House. So
0: in, in all seriousness, uh Drew it comes back to what you said at the beginning of the podcast. There's a theme here. Each one of these are to protect children. Fathers, grandfathers do not want their daughters going to school into the locker room during recess or after volleyball practice and having some guy come in because that particular day, he thought it might be uh, convenient to use some loophole to do what a whole bunch of guys throughout history and that's to walk into the girls' locker room. Parents don't want that for their kids. You know, they I, don't, I,
2: I would take I'm it different. just one small step further, too. We live in a culture where so many young women, so many girls have experienced sexual violence, sexual trauma, uh, who have been threatened uh, and feel threatened. uh, And they're in a place where they're supposed to be safe, in a place where they're supposed to be protected and private. And even if the guy who walks in uh, has no wicked intentions, still... She should not be sitting there in that stall, shouldn't have worried about yeah. that booming bass voice that she hears right yeah. next to her. She shouldn't be worried about that uh, adult male or high school boy who's there when she's cowering in that stall alone.
0: And you know, I have to believe that uh, across the state of Iowa, whether Democrat, Republican, Independent, rural or urban, we all share uh, an earnest desire to protect the innocence of our children. Uh, regardless of where they, where they happen to be, whether it's in the public school or the public forum, uh, the family leader is uh, proud to come alongside uh, legislators like Representative Steve Holt and uh, protect children. Any closing uh, thoughts, uh, Becca? We haven't. Oh, can you give us a quick one-minute rundown on the moms bill that you've been monitoring? More options for maternal support. Where that stands and what needs to happen before they adjourn next month?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So right now we have a version in both the House and the Senate. They currently are different. Um, it's Senate File three two four in the Senate, and then House File four two seven. If you want to go look it up, um, but we're we're working with negotiations to hopefully get them to match at some point. The House version, we have some issues with because it currently um, allows for over the counter hormonal contraceptives. Uh, Pharmacists can give it out three months and then later on um, up to a year's prescription at a time. So we're working on hopefully getting that out of um, the piece of legislation. But as well as increasing that funding for moms more than the two million Mm -hmm. um, and, and adding funding for fathers as well, we can't, we have to look at the family unit as a whole. Sure,
0: moms Uh, and dads. We we
1: can't keep leaving the men out of the picture. They played a part in this, too.
0: And that bill bill deals with budget issues that Mm -hmm. uh, the family leader doesn't typically get involved in appropriations and spending. But in this case, we do, and and sometimes. Uh, To that point, this week will involve a meeting of what's called the Revenue Estimating Conference. Um, uh, They will meet to uh, project uh, funding to the state of Iowa over the next year. Uh, that's kind of the green light, go ahead for passage of budget bills. Eleven of which have to be passed before they adjourn. And so, once the uh, legislature has those numbers from the REC, which will be—I think it's maybe tomorrow or mm-hmm. whenever. I, for some reason, I think it's the thirteenth. Um, that will that will um, unleash the budget process. And they will start moving uh, quickly towards adjournment by the end of April. So thank you for listening to the uh, Capital Connection uh, with the family leader. Our capital team uh, made up of Becca Olson, Ryan, Ben, Chuck Hurley, and myself, Danny Carroll. i joined this week by our special guest, Drew Zahn. Good to have you. If you're wondering where uh, Chuck is, uh, he is a practicing attorney. We told him we'd had enough of attorneys for uh, one podcast, and so we put him aside. <laughs> But it also happens that he has a sore throat and can't talk. <laughs> so it worked out good for us, didn't we? Yes, he, has it a, he has a good reason. We didn't have to listen. But no, we missed Chuck. Uh, he could have added a lot to our discussion. I'm sure he'll be back next week uh, for the Capital Connection podcast with the Family leader. Thank you for listening and have a good day.
1: This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.